0: What do you do when you feel a place at the table hasn't been set for you? You create one. Y'all get y'all friends. She always extra. Eighties <laughs> babies, beautiful ladies. This one is for you. I honestly live my life somewhere in between Philippians two and three and two chains. Real situation. He was like, "Well, do you mind if I get you him? I was like, "I ain't got no job. I just need <laughs> to know this." My- Real conversation. I'm in this time, just like God gives us grace. You gotta give yourself grace. Discussed in a way you can relate to. Is this D, 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 D 13 are alright. You are authentically you. Nothing is off limits. He got down on all fours in the middle of this party and began to lick the hennessy off my toes. So grab a glass, make it a girl's night and join the conversation. This is The Missing Middle. Hello, 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 and welcome to The Missing Middle. I'm your host, Letitia Brandon, and today I've invited one of my really good girlfriends to join me for a conversation about securing the bag and the bags we love. But before we get started, if you're just tuning in, I want to somewhat set the stage so you can understand. What we're talk what we're here for, why we're here for, and the type of the type of listeners that we're kind of targeting. So the missing middle is a podcast that's created with the exennial woman in mind. If you're not sure what an exennial is, an exennial is somewhat of that generation that bookends millennials and Gen X. So born late 70s through say 1985, 1986. And the reason why we're gathered here today, as they would say, is because oftentimes this group is is usually forgotten about. They share similar attributes as both Generation X and millennials, but when companies or marketeers or advertisers, do promotions or they they research or they're trying to reach this you know different groups of people they they take, they don't take into consideration some of the shared experiences, shared perspectives that this generation or this micro generation has. And so I wanted to create a space for the exennial woman, for the exennial Black woman in particular, because there wasn't a podcast that I knew of that would speak to me or to the women that I am friends with, the women that mentor me, the women that that I work with or that I volunteer and serve with. And so We touch on topics ranging from faith to family and relationships to finances to sometimes getting a little ratchet. And so today, but today though, our conversation is going to focus on the money end, Um, oftentimes in our community especially in the black community we don't talk a lot about money and so I wanted to bring in someone that's an expert a subject matter expert a dynamic diva to talk to you about how to as I said earlier secure the bag while getting the bags we love okay so joining me on the on, the, on today's show is Taryn McNamee also known as T-Money Honey, and I am going to let her do the honor of doing a little introduction of herself, and then we're going to dive into the conversation. So Taryn, tell us a little bit about you, your relational status, and also what is your personal mantra? Woo, I'm
1: just ha- excited to be here today. Hey, Thank
0: <laughs> <you> so much.
1: <laughs> I was like, she, you're out here like talking about everything, and I was like, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yes, I haven't heard podcasts about that either. Like, yes. So I'm just, uh, look, they, folks know me as a hype woman. I, I was over here just hyping it up. Um, thank you so much for having me. Uh, as she said, I'm Taryn McNamee. And uh, my relational status is I'm engaged. Yay! Yay. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm super excited. My wedding is in a few months. Uh, so that is great and wonderful. And I've been an entrepreneur for, ooh, it's been eight years now, and then uh, seven years as a full-time entrepreneur. So that part is exciting. Uh, and, you know, it's been, it's been a journey, and I just love it so much. Um, I do have multiple businesses. I know we'll probably get into that, but uh, yeah, that's like the big stuff about me. And then personal mantra. Oh, man this is wonderful. So uh, I would say my personal mantra is hmm, Galatians 6, 9 is actually right around my personal mantra. I'm like, that's the one verse that when no matter what's going on, like that's what I refer back to. Um, you know, when your girl is tired, she's like, "Nah, Jesus gonna fix it. <laughs> so um, it'll be good. It's all worth it." And uh, and you know, I will say that that just that mantra means a lot too, especially as an entrepreneur. Like, um, you know, you go through so many challenges, and there's there's definitely uh, you know some growing pains that comes with building a business. And that is one of those things where it's just remembering that everything that you're putting in each layer,
0: Mm -hmm. um,
1: you know, it's going to lead to a harvest. You're like, you're planting the seeds. And so, yeah. yeah. So that's me.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So much that you said I can I can, you know, really um, relate to really relate to and I think that's why we click so well by the way yeah. um but you you said something that I thought was pretty fascinating you said you've been an entrepreneur for eight years full-time entrepreneur for seven so that sounds like side hustle became main hustle yes. in a year's time so yeah. first let's talk about like how did you decide, you know, what made you decide to make that shift from climbing the corporate ladder? Because you were in the corporate sector at first. How did you make that shift from pursuing that as your career trajectory to shifting over and becoming an entrepreneur? How did you, how did you decide to make that shift? And how did you do it so quickly? Because one year of side hustle and then it becomes your main hustle like sis share the secret
1: <laughs> <laughs> look there's um there's a there's a couple different aspects to that so when I was at USC and you know for those who don't know that's the University of Southern California okay Here she but, go. Here she um, go, to my trojans you know this we arrogant nation anyways <laughs> um so when I was there I was majoring in business Uh, But my concentrations were entrepreneurship and management. And so when most people hear that, they're like, oh, so you just like knew you were going to be an entrepreneur instantly. No, I thought that was interesting. I thought the classes were interesting. So I took them. It wasn't like, oh, I'm going to be a business owner, like for sure, for sure. My dream at the time was to, uh, you know, go into a management related Mm -hmm. position And then maybe open a dance studio in like 10 years that was yeah i know it's like it goes from a to z so that was my thing at the time i was like okay yeah i'm like you know i'm gonna work over here and the um the corporation that i was working for i interned with them for two summers so uh going into um my junior year that summer i was interning with them they asked me to come back um and And often like, you know, you may have been somebody who was in college and it was like, you did all the right things. I Mm -hmm. did all the right things. I went to all the networking things. I was on executive boards of organizations. got my
0: internship. I got the
1: internship. I had the yeah. grades. Well, sometimes the grades. But no, like, way. I had an internship, okay? And it was like, and they invited me back. And like, you know, when that happens, it's like, oh, shoot. Like, that means you're definitely going to get hired. Like, I just remember having like that conversation. And so I was like, yeah, I'm, you know, and I got, I was like one of those lucky people I got my job offer like a week before my senior year started. So I was like, it's lit. I have a-
0: yeah, I was like, "I'm that's half the stress of senior year. Like trying to yeah. figure out if you're gonna have a job and you graduate, that's dope. Right, so your girl was turning up.
1: I was like, well, period, we done, I'm turning <laughs> up. And, um, and that was like the end of it. I was just like, okay, I'm gonna do this. So then I get into the job itself. It's nothing like the internship. That's, uh, that's something that I think needs to be another conversation about how, you know, these internships, they say they're preparing you for the job, but in some ways, they're really not. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, so I'm working there. Um, and because I had interned for two years, the position that they put me at is not something they usually put entry-level people in. Um, but I was happy with it. I actually really liked it. I was in assets protection. So fun fact, um, my job was to find people stealing. Totally see that. <laughs> risk <laughs> management. <laughs> right, Risk management. Um, if you know, you know. And so, <laughs> um, yeah, like the funny thing is most people are like, you seem too excited to be in assets protection. And I was like, I think that's why I was kind of able to do that pretty well (laughs) because Mm -hmm. they didn't expect it. And so, yeah, I was in there, but my, like, then, you know, you have the boss. So my boss had no respect for my position. He was like trying to pull me into other departments and other areas and then would get mad when the results were not showing up as much in my department. And I kept telling him, bruh if you let me work in my department we'll probably have results but you keep pulling me to other places now that kind of goes along with finding your own voice again mm-hmm. another conversation mm-hmm. but but you know at the time you know I'm a young 20 something I have a boss I'm trying to listen to him I'm trying to be compliant and all those things and so I'm there and it's around the holiday season which is our busiest time of year and this is corporate retail. Um, I can save the company if you're cool with that. If not, we can just leave it. Yeah. And so, <laughs> um, you know, like I'm there and it's holiday season is like uh, the Super Bowl for yeah. security uh, retail folks. And so um, it's a wild time. And during that holiday season, so so from when... Uh, Black Friday started up until Christmas, I was working 16 to 18 hours a day. And um, I only had every other weekend off as it is. And then I always had like one day off during the week. Well, during that time, often I was getting called in on my day off, um, or one of my weekend days off. Welcome to
0: management.
1: Right? Well, and that's what they say. They say, welcome to management. (laughs) Right. They're like, oh, your salary, like, it's a great thing. And, you know, and, they, and that's what they encourage. And they're like, yes. But so I was just like, Lord, have mercy. So it was, it was to the point, like, I couldn't go and spend Thanksgiving with my family mm. because um I had to be at work. And then Christmas came around and I was too tired to enjoy Christmas. Mm. And that's when, like, I had, you know, the time between Christmas and New Year's is my favorite time of the year. Um, I think there's just like an unwritten joy an unwritten peace and an unwritten focus around that time of like, what is it that I really want? Like we're reflecting. And for me, that's when the light bulb kind of went off and I was like, you know what? I don't want, like, this is not what I really want my life to be like. If I'm still doing this 10 years from now, this ain't it. Um, at the time I was working my business on the side on that one day off and on those weekends and then sometimes after I got
0: off of work um, which business was it at the time that you were working on on your day off which business
1: it was Mary Kay so Mary Kay started off for me Um, and so I was working that you know very part-time you would say and I was doing well like you know I was I'm high achiever. So that really <laughs> that really No, you high achiever would have never guessed. You know, I don't know. So um yeah, yeah, so I was I was doing really well. My business was growing. Things were great. And so at that point, um during that time when I had that light bulb go off, you know, somebody else might be like, "Well, let me start looking for other jobs." Me, I was like, "I'm going to replace my income with this business. I'm going to see if I can do it." And, you know, we're just going to do it. Now at the time I was like, well, if I can do that in like a year, then, you know, we'll make it happen. So I like the first year happens, I put the pedal to the metal and your girl was hustling. Hustle
0: overdrive.
1: Yeah. Every day I'm hustling. So that was, you know, like that was bomb. Um, And yeah, I just, I just did it every weekend. You know, I had appointment on appointment. I was serving customers, um, building my team, all those things, and then uh, within it was by May that I had replaced my income. Um, that is amazing.
0: With,
1: yeah, so this it's amazing, but you, you got to wait for it. So it's it was great, and so then I was like, "It's lit! I did it! It's over two <laughs> weeks. Here you go. Bye about." Um, and so, and so that was, uh, that was 2014. And that's when I became a full-time entrepreneur. However, however, comma, <laughs> right. <laughs> they, I didn't know what to, like, I just was like, get replace the income and leave. I didn't think about having the other financial things in place to
0: set myself up to Uh-oh. be okay. Um, yeah. Once I left. So I was good. Wait, wait, pause for, for a second. Because I think yeah. people need to know what are those other things you didn't have in place to set yourself up. Because you know, you 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 were making the money. You built your business, you replaced mm-hmm. the income before, you know, you, you took the plunge, but what did yeah. you realize you didn't have in place um until it was a little late per se? The first
1: the first thing was an emergency fund. Um, I pulled, I pulled out my 401k and I was using that to, um, supplement whatever I needed to supplement on those off months, Mm. um, health insurance. Okay. So Mm -hmm. that's something that you might not, and it could have been just me being young, but it was like, uh, I didn't think about, I need to have that separately in place. Like I totally forgot that I was getting health insurance from my job. So, um, I did great. for.
0: And the rate was cheaper.
1: That part. Um, And I did, so I did the Cobra thing for a couple months and I was just like, okay, I have to let this go. Uh, So that's a big thing. And then also something that I tell entrepreneurs too, especially if you've been working in corporate America for a long time, is that first month after you leave, you need to give yourself some grace because you literally step into the, I'm free, (laughs) like I'm Mm -hmm. free I don't gotta be nowhere. I don't gotta talk to nobody. Like I can just, you know, I can Netflix and chill all day if I want to. And and so and sometimes that's what it is. It's like if somebody's like, Oh, you wanna get lunch? And you're like, I can't get lunch because I'm 30. <laughs> so it's just it, it was a whole mess. And so that first month after I got back. I might've replaced my income the month before, but I did not the next, the next month. And so, yeah, I had to supplement in some ways. And so, uh, that, so for those six months I was okay. And then after that, it became like hustle and flow. So like, I had to really figure out like what I was going to do, or I wasn't going to be able to eat my, uh, 401k had close to run out by that time. Um, and then that was also around the time that my grandmother had passed away. And oh. so then I was starting to support my mother, um, and help those things come along. So it was, you know, it was, a, just a, it was a big change, uh, that was happening around that time. So yeah, that's how I became a full-time entrepreneur, uh, and how I left corporate America and made that shift.
0: So you, like you have my brain just completely like oh I gotta ask this gotta ask this yeah. so let's talk about 401k so you you withdrew from your 401k that year mm-hmm. what did that feel like the next year did you did you take the, <laughs> the tax penalty the the current oh
1: yeah oh, the penalty. So
0: ooh.
1: yeah girl I okay, that hurt my money.
0: feelings <laughs> and the
1: funny thing is it didn't even hurt my feelings until now now, yeah. knowing what I know and what I do, I'm like, girl, you tripping. But, you know, God's got to bring you through some things. Yeah. 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 You know, He'll bring you through those things so you can teach others not to do it. Um, yeah. Because, yeah, that's not something I recommend. But I want to also say that I'm not someone who believes in never pulling from your 401k. I believe there are good reasons to do that. Homeownership is one of them.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, there's good reasons to do it. But do your best to not like that should be a last resort and not yeah. just like, oh, this money's here so I'm gonna pull from the I'm gonna take it, girl. I got
0: all this money. Let me go pull a big yeah, little bit, go get a bag. Big no, don't thousand. go get a bag. Right. So so now you have me. Um now that's a perfect segue into my into my next question, you know, because you you like learn by fire, you know, you learn by fire on what you needed to have in place before you went into, you know, became a full full-time entrepreneur learn some valuable lessons about withdrawals from your retirement account and the mm-hmm. tax implications that are that are there yep. what would you say and this is not exclusive to entrepreneurs but what would you say is one of the biggest mistakes that women particularly black women or you know people in the black community um typically make when it comes to finances mm, um i re- i maybe i should
1: write a book about this there's there's a good that. that's another stream of income. <laughs> right, girl. we gonna get to both It's like, like uh yes. Uh there's oh my gosh, I think the the biggest mistake that women and especially women of color make is not having the vulnerable conversations Ooh. about money.
0: You yes. better drop the dog go mic. <laughs> Oh, could you could expound on that, please, before I chime in? <laughs> I can.
1: I just had to like, I had to breathe into it after I said it, because it's just, uh, it's such a big thing, because it's not just the conversations, you know, it's not just talk about money. I will say, I think we've grown more in, in talking about like, oh, this is how you build wealth. These mm-hmm. are, this is investing, this is budgeting, like we, we do better at like talking about it, But we're not talking about our own personal situations and sharing in a way that would allow people to help. And then there's the the second part about not asking for help and not being open to the help. Yeah. So those are kind of hand in hand, but it's like, it starts with just being honest about like what's actually going on. And I know it because I didn't do it either. My credit was toe up for a while um yeah and I didn't talk about it I just acted like everything you know was fine but you know meanwhile I'm on the incognito window just searching for for credit help and stuff you know like how to improve it but I could have asked a friend and you know it's not like they would have loved me less they
0: they would have just probably could have got there faster yeah you know, I, I was, I was just talking to one of my mentors about this um, because I, when I was younger, I would never like ask certain questions because think about it, when you're in college, they tell you don't, don't talk about salaries and don't talk about, you know, how much you got for your bonus or what your percentage was for your bonus. Don't talk about all this, keep it, you know, keep it close to the vest. Well, what I learned is as I have been progressing in my career and maybe I get an offer for another job or now you're entering into a different tax bracket and you're trying to figure out how to manage your money, you you go in these uncharted territories and it's so much easier to ask someone who's been there, hey, look, I don't... I, I, I don't know much about this. Like I'm I'm scared to, to make a mistake. Can you, can you give me some guidance on, you know, how I can, how I can move forward with this? Um, I, I literally put a quick blurb on my Facebook. I was like, non-qualified plans, yay or nah. And one of my mentors was like, yes, call me. And I was like, Ooh. And so in having the conversation with her, I was like, I thank you for being so transparent with me because, you know, we are in a place where women are making more, even though we still don't have pay equity, women are still making more, you know, in the workforce, but really knowing how to, how to take you know make the most of your money and retain your wealth and yes. you know not that you want to be in situations where you're not paying any taxes but you know understanding what are those what are the most appropriate steps that you can do to really optimize your wealth that's the stuff that comes when you just have conversations with people that are knowledgeable <laughs> um but you got to open your mouth you got to mm-hmm. open your mouth you know i i totally agree with that um so so you know when you think about when you think about some of the challenges or opportunities that that women face um i'm going to ask you a three part question okay so okay. we're we're at a fireside chat a group of girlfriends <laughs> three sisters are sitting around the fire with us we're in the backyard around the fire pit what what advice would you give to that sister who is just getting started she's just you know trying to Find her way in her financial journey. Then we have a sister sitting next to her. She just went through a divorce. She just filed for bankruptcy, or she, you know, her credit may not be optimal. Her credit score may be 580 or 600 or whatever. What advice would you give that sister that's rebuilding? And then the last sister around our little make believe fireside chat is the sister who, you know, she's financially stable per se, but she's looking to like make her money work for her and not work as hard for her money so we're having this conversation what advice would you give to these three women in very different stages of their financial journey
1: yeah um that is and and I love that you have separated it into people at different areas of their journey because I will say often when I'm asked this question They're just like, what would you tell a woman? And I'm like, well, which woman am I telling? (laughs) 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 What's her situation? Like, who am I talking to? So I love that you asked that. Uh, When you're getting started, uh, I would say the biggest thing is a budget. That's the best place to start. Um, That's a common, folks might be like, oh, everybody's always saying you need a budget. But for real though, if you don't know where your money is coming from or where it's going, you're not going to be able to reach your goals. And, and that's that's the truth of it all. You know, I'm not saying um, that we all have to budget the same way. It's not a one size fits all solution, but you do need to have something that works for you in your lifestyle. So that way you're tracking your money, a tracked number grows. And that Ooh, is good. what,
0: that's good. yeah.
1: And so like when you're paying attention to it, it's, it's growing, it's, you know, you're accumulating it. And then, you know, it, it helps you to catch some of those things because you can be like, oh, well, you know, often somebody is like, I don't know where money's coming from. I don't have enough for this. There's no money anywhere. And then like they look and they went, they bought groceries, had to throw them away because they didn't cook them and then ate out five times last week. And I'm like, if you know, and I'm not, look, I'm a foodie. I'm not going to tell you not to eat out. But, (laughs) like, you know, like, pay for what matters to you. But at the same time, like, if you're tracking and you're budgeting, you're seeing this spending habit, you're seeing that, okay, I tend to, this is where a lot of my money is going. Um, Maybe I want to make an adjustment there. Um, This is where I want more of my money going. You know, there's some people too, who they're like, I have nothing to give. And all they're doing is saving their money. And I'm like, at a certain point, you don't have to keep saving like that. And that might be. Don't tell yeah. them that though. <laughs> yeah, folks, like, and, and it's because it's because of, you know, a lot of that comes from, um, from cultural and generational yeah. um, ideologies. But yeah, like there's a certain point where, where you can stop. And just live. saving and just, yeah. And like use it in other areas. But yeah. for that person who's just getting started. Uh, you know, start like track your expenses for three months and you know create a budget um That is a great place to be at uh because that's where you can really just start to get an idea of your habits after that. I would say um you know you wanna work on uh your credit and then also have like an emergency fund in place. Those are like the foundations in my opinion.
0: Uh, for somebody who's rebuilding so you've been through some things been through some things girl what you tell what you telling the good sis listen
1: <laughs> first the first thing I will always tell her is to give herself grace mm-hmm. um you got to that place knowing what you know um and this is something that we as black women don't do very often anyways is give ourselves grace yeah um but it's something that we need to do. Like you have to love on yourself in some way. You don't know what you don't know. Yeah. And you can't punish yourself for that. Uh, Whatever you did to get up to the point in which you are with or without help is based off of what you knew to do, the advice that you decided to take, Mm -hmm. the research that you did. So the first thing I would tell her is please give yourself some grace. The next thing is that's somebody I would actually recommend hiring a coach. Um, Because that will likely need to be a habit shift. Mm -hmm. um, Because some of the habits that led you to where you are, unless you really fix those, it even could be a mindset thing, unless you really make those adjustments to those things, um, you, you might end up making more money, but then finding yourself back into that same spot
0: yeah so
1: we want to start to you know figure things around now she is like whatever t money I want to do it on my own you know like okay girl that's fine so if you're trying to do it on your own um the first thing is like let's start rebuilding your credit that's the first one you want to focus on um because uh your credit takes the longest to repair
0: don't I know it
1: Yeah, right. It could take you, (laughs) like, it took me a couple of years. Yeah. um, And in the same way that we talked about the first thing I did, I, the first year and a half tried to do it on my own. I was out here thinking that I could write a bunch of letters and everything, knowing I didn't have time for that. And then once I hired somebody, all of a sudden, you know, everything was better. But uh, yeah, so like, first thing is to like, let's get the credit in order, start paying your bills on time. Um, start disputing those items that are in collections. Even if you owe them, these companies need to prove that it's your account. The spelling needs to be correct. The payment amounts need to be correct. The balance needs to be correct. If it's not, they have to remove it from your credit report. Um, So you want to definitely make sure that you are focusing on getting that together Mm-hmm. Um, emergency fund is going to be big for somebody who's rebuilding because there might be, um, as you're trying to get into a better, uh, financial place, um, you know, you might, you're still going to, life still happens. Life doesn't stop happening. You might still have those hiccups along the way in which you need a little extra. And so instead of allowing that to put you into a place of, um, financial despair, you know, use that. As something that can help to supplement you. So I would say credit first, then let's get the emergency fund together if it's not already in place.
0: And then for you know, for my rich auntie, before, before you want to go, go to the rich auntie, I, I wanna say <laughs> I wanna say I love that you led off with give yourself some grace. Because you know, for for those people that are rebuilding, you know, there's already a certain amount of guilt that you put on yourself you know, because mm-hmm. things aren't as you imagine them. And so I think that was beautifully stated, you know, give yourself some grace. I always say broke is a mindset. It's not a salary. Yep. You know, so regardless of how much you make, you can really make the most of whatever that money amount is, but give yourself some grace. If if you have, you know, made some mistakes or mishaps along the way, you know, it's never too late to start over and try to rebuild. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. So now we're talking about rich, rich auntie. You know.
1: Rich Auntie. Hi, Rich okay. Auntie. They call me <laughs> TT. <TK.
0: laughs> Hi, TT. So, um, for you,
1: honey, uh, if you don't already have a financial planner, or financial advisor, that's who you need to be uh, working with. You can also work with a financial coach as well, but um, I want you to focus on the investment side. Okay. This is where we really start building those assets so they pay for our liabilities okay so um if you're not already involved in in stocks that are bringing you some dividends so you can use that to pay your electricity bill and your mortgage and whatnot we need to start doing that oh wait a minute interested. wait wait
0: wait, wait whoa, 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 whoa. i need to i need to get on that plan yes ma'am to so where my dividends are paying for the mortgage okay yeah. With- we need to talk. Okay, keep
1: keep going, <laughs> keep going. <laughs> yes, girl, look, it needs to be paying for your lifestyle. Um,
0: that's
1: where you want to get to because that's, that's the part, like that's really where the financial independence and freedom yeah. lies, okay? It lies in my money is making enough money and prayerfully, you got some multiple streams of that. Um, but my money is making enough money where it's covering everything. This paycheck is great or you know whatever this is is great but i don't have to be here Mm. um, in order to live my life you know you want to be able to take a day off and not worry about pto because you you don't need the paid time yeah you you already got it so you just can be off
0: you know um I, i like the concept of using the dividends to pay the mortgage i really that spoke to my soul okay yeah
1: now, of course, with all these things, right, there's tax yeah. things that you gotta, you know, capital gains tax. But even then, if you're, um, you know, depends on the strategy that you're using, but you can do that. There's other people, you know, if you want to get into real estate, that's a great time um, to get into real estate investing. And there's multiple ways to do that. There are real estate investment trusts that you can um, be a part of that that don't involve you, like going out and finding the property and doing a buy and hold situation, uh, but there are you know multiple ways that you can do that. I know um I have one client who she wanted a uh you know multi unit property mm-hmm. and so she bought a duplex and um you know she's using that to pay also for her mortgage yeah. <laughs> for that duplex and she's getting cash flow at the same time uh so that is you know that's what I would have you focus on definitely on the investment side uh because like and really everyone can invest at a certain level mm-hmm. but if you rich auntie yeah we we want your money working much harder
0: than you yeah. do amen 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 so you 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 oh a lot a lot um that you just said to take away and we're gonna put a pin in the the <laughs> conversation about investments so uh, before I ask the next question um would you do, do you do financial advisement as well no, so not yet. That's something that we are awesome. working on. Another yeah. stream, another, another stream. stream.
1: Yeah, not Which... in an official, not in an official capacity with the certification. Um, but yeah, that's something that's on the way.
0: So, so, so speaking of streams, because you mentioned that um, when you were talking to Rich Auntie, <laughs> um, multiple streams of income or MSIs, as as it's commonly referred to. Why, why do you think that it's important for individuals, especially let's, let's talk to the, to the, to the Xenia woman. Why would you say it's important for her to have multiple streams of income and what tips can you give to, to getting started that would not necessarily involve a lot of capital to start them up? So why is it important? And, and, you know, how do you, how do you get started?
1: Yeah. So multiple streams of income. Um, And I'm going to tell a story here first, because uh, this is how it became important to me. Um, So I have, so I have sickle cell anemia and with that, when I go through crises, I'm not really able to, sometimes I can't even move. I'm in so much pain. And so I have to shut everything down. If I start to feel any of the pain coming on, I cannot work until all of that has been resolved because stress is a trigger for mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. and so that happened to me um and i've been i've been hospitalized and you know in and out um over the years but particularly in 2016 i was hospitalized and it, i was like oh it's just a re- routine <laughs> episode crisis and then i contracted pneumonia while i was there in the hospital wow. And that's common. Uh, People don't understand that, but that is common. And so um, I had pneumonia and I was not able to breathe. Like I was coughing all the time. It was really, you know, I had no energy. (laughs) I could not even stand for more than a couple minutes at a time. And so they were discharging me and they were like, yeah, so you might want to wait a week until you start getting back into your normal activity. I waited a week, wasn't really able to stand more than five minutes, and really at that point, more than two minutes without needing to sit back down. Um, the same thing happened the next week. That's when it went up to the five minutes. And eventually, I was, um, you know, bed couch ridden for two months. Okay. I couldn't work for two months. Um, And at the time, my business um, was me standing and, you know, teaching people and um, I needed to have energy to talk about and handle sales and stuff. The other part of that, of course, is, you know, hire assistants, outsource with, again, another conversation. And so I I was a solo entrepreneur and it began and ended with me and I couldn't work for two months. Mm. And that's, and that was my only stream of income. And so at that point, I was like, oh, like, I can't do this again. Like this cannot happen because the stress, of course, of not having something coming in as regularly Mm -hmm. made me feel worse because of the the sickle cell issue. And then, you know, like it was just a cycle. And so that's when I was like, okay, again, another moment of reflection where I said, I need to get another stream ASAP. Um, I need to start having something else, maybe where the seasons of it are different, so that yeah. way when one is in a low season, you know something else is is still making money or something more on the passive side um, and that was that was when I started investing so um, I started with getting into real estate investing first, um, and so I had a real estate investing uh, business at the time, and I was working. If you're familiar with real estate investing, I was doing the lease option strategy. So mostly working with homes that were ready to go. I was just the person pairing the um, owner with a buyer, Mm
0: -hmm. somebody who wanted
1: to rent to own the home. So they needed more creative financing. Um, The conventional loans were not working for them. And so that's what I was doing. And I was like, okay, so I can, you know, kind of get this. Um, off and running is not something that I need to have my hands in all the time, and so that was the next stream of income I added. Then, after that, um, I started, I love dogs, and that's something else that we Tetris, our over. baby Tetris, yes, we <laughs> love Tetris and Max. Okay, so, um, I love the puppies. And at the first place I was at, we weren't able to have dogs there, so then I started dog walking and house sitting. Now, I just house it because, you know, things is popping. But even then, that was another stream of income. Like, I was getting paid to sit at somebody's house and watch their dog just doing whatever I I normally do. (laughs) So it was like, you know, that was another stream of income. And then after that, that's when I really got into um, my financial business and that took off and I was able to do that. And that was another stream of income. So those, those are four streams mm-hmm. that we've just talked about right now. And why it's important is because if, one, if for some reason one industry or one thing does not work out, you don't want to be left holding... <laughs> Mm-hmm. the bag of bills that you have to yeah not the
0: bag we in. want to secure we don't want to yeah. secure that bag <laughs>
1: Right? yes the bag of bills that you you know <laughs> fail that you don't want that's um <laughs> that's what you're left holding yeah and um and that's a terrible place to be in and so um something to start you know I'm all about monetizing um you know things that are your gifts or your knowledge or your expertise if you can um, it does something that works for you. And that's something that's very simple, you know, things like writing an ebook, uh, it takes some time, but it's a great thing. Uh, you know, I, I've been dancing since I was three. I teach dance classes. I charge for my dance classes. Like that's a stream of income. Um, because that's something that I'm, you know, that I'm good at, but I also enjoy doing. It can be something that's passion related. Or it can be something that, you know, just generates extra drop shipping on Amazon. That is a popular. I know. Way. I know. So, I know. You know. Yeah. And it's like, it's all those things. Like once you really get into it and you figure out the, the nuances, you know, it's, it's a stream that's just coming in. Um, and, you know, good things about things like that and an ebook. Or those are things that you're not necessarily trading time for money in. You yeah. know, it's like somebody finds your site, they order from that and, yeah. you know, you wake up and you you made some money, Jesus. Yeah. So, you know, those are things, um, investing, you know, the real estate, but also stocks like that's another dividends. Like I love dividend stocks because they get bigger every time. It's great. <laughs> and so you know, I just love those. And that's something I'm literally not doing anything. Like I'm spending like <laughs> right. maybe I'm like, I'm spending like an hour, like just maybe click a in. week. Just clicking, yeah, And then just it's like 80, thousands. Reading, yeah. yeah, right. Just reading up on it and um, and making decisions about what I want to invest in. And, and that's bringing the stream. So there's there so many, um, and the blessing of the internet is there's so many ways that you can do that now um, where, you know, and I'll say, uh, the, the pandemic affected so many people Mm -hmm. and, um, and through that, you know, there's been many folks that I've been having the conversation about multiple streams of income and emergency funds and so on and so forth. And, you know, there are some of us who really were blessed by having those streams where, you know, thank God that we didn't have to, um, you know, be with or have to make such big changes in our lifestyle, because we have those things in place. And so often, um, it takes large global situations like this to kind of flip the switch, so that you start to think about, okay, what are other things I can do? Mm. Um, What are other things I can set up? And for me, that switch, even though, you know, I was I was young, wild and free, But that switch for me was in 2008 (laughs) and 2009, like watching that happen and having to go into the job market shortly after that. Like I watched that. And then I also, I didn't just watch the bad stuff. This is the key. I watched how people were taking what was happening and And moving forward and growing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, You know? And so like I heard about, I remember- hearing about the crash and, you know, the folks were just like, oh, it crashed. Everything crashed. All this stuff went. And I was like, okay, but who are the people who made money during that time? What did they do?
0: They, they were buying-
1: Last forever, right? It doesn't. And it always, the market always resets. Yeah. Um, you know, it always will reset. It'll balance itself out. Those, you know, crashes happen, but it always comes back. And so I was like, okay, what are the people who are making money doing? They mm-hmm. were the people who were buying real estate. They were people who were um, investing in stocks. They were people who started businesses doing something that they could teach others. Yeah. That's, that's what I saw then. And so when it happened this time, I was more prepared. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, okay. I was like, I've seen this movie before. I've
0: seen this so- play before.
1: <laughs> this is the <laughs> sequel. Right. <laughs> Is movie number two. So I was like, <laughs> I, know, I know this. I'm getting the hang of this. And so um, that's when I was like, okay, this is when we make, you know, Cardi B's money moves. All right. This is when we <laughs> go. And, um, and we start making things happen. But it's all a learning process. You know, you have to go through these things to understand, hire the people who did so they can... You
0: know, save you some time and money. They can save you some time and money. So, so Taryn, this this conversation, we I feel like there's more we have to discuss. There's so and much more. So, so, I feel like there needs to be a part two. <laughs> and yes, so, uh, so we're gonna we're gonna like. Just put a pin in this conversation for this week's episode, but I'm going to bring you back next week so that we can, we can finish this conversation about securing the bag and the bags. So with that being said, thank you so much for listening to today's show, um, securing the bag and the bags we love. We are going to continue the conversation next week. So be sure to tune in on the next episode of the missing middle.